time to step to the mic as usual. I'm solo today, your host, Andre Jones, and I have one of my favorite people, one of the best people I've ever met in the world, joining us today. Donna Hopkins, step to the mic. How are you today? What's up, Andre? <laughs> now, Good to be kicking it with you. It's been a while. It sure has. It sure has. I got to tell everybody, I've known Donna from our years of covering the Washington football team. I almost slipped there. You saw that. Yeah, I saw that. You would have owed me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole DMV is still trying to embrace the culture of the new name change, but let's start there, Donna. We're going to work our way up. You're covering the team this year. It's so much difference. Quarterback controversy, new head coach, new name change, COVID-19. I mean, where do we begin, Donna? How's it been covering the team this year? Uh, I mean, it's been difficult. I mean, all of us have to make those adjustments. The good thing about it is everything is on Zoom. So it's different because you don't get to talk to the players that you normally would have talked to that you're able to grab doing open locker rooms. And then, you know, we're still able, some of us able to go out to see a, uh, the beginning of practices. So you're not seeing much there. But, you know, the game goes on. I mean, the product is still good on the field as far as what you're seeing. A lot more injuries, but the COVID is what it is. And everybody has to adjust to, you know, um, what has happened because of the COVID. Uh, It's tough, I mean, to a certain degree, but the fact that we still have football and sports is, is, uh, you know, good in itself. Sure, sure. It kind of gives the world, the DMV, the nation – an opportunity to just take a, a step back. What is normal? Is that correct in me saying that? Yeah, it is. That, that's what's normal right now. <laughs> right, right. Donna, you know, in, in the days when the dinosaurs walked and, and, and we were in the industry, like you said, you could go into the locker room after the game. You could pull a player. You could sit there and talk to him. Is that kind of strange that with the social distancing and everybody wearing the mask and Coach Rivera is fighting, you know, cancer at this point? You kind of just want people to stay away. How can you engage with a player and build that relationship that goes hand in hand with reporting on the team? I think this year it's going to be tough to do that totally because you only get a, to, to, to interview a certain amount of players during the whole week or even after games. And it's not necessarily the players that you may have sought after in, in a normal situation. And to, to build the relationships where the training camp, to me, is where you build a relationship, which we did not have. And we weren't able to even, you know, be out there for the training camp. Only, you know, a certain amount of people could be there even for training camp. And I find myself when we were down in Richmond, that's when I formed the relationship with the players, the one-on-one interviews, the seeing the practices. You could grab almost everybody. And then even when you came back from Richmond, you were able to develop those relationships. And it's hard to do right now because they pull players out, the coaches, you, you pretty much get the same people over and over. So you don't get to know the younger players and the other members of the, the team that 53-man roster. So this year is going to be hard for everybody because it's not the normal that we are used to, but you make do with what you can. At least you have something. Sure. And Donna, you know, I haven't been out there. Is Chase Young the real deal? He was the real deal when they were talking about him last year before he even came out of, uh, of, of, of Ohio State. And I used to, I told Tony, the co-host, 
with uh, the Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus, he was talking about getting trading down, getting more players because they needed to shore up the offensive line and the defensive line and so on. But I told him, Tony, you do not want to pass up on this guy because he is all of that. He said, he's got one move. I said, Tony, I'm telling you, he's got more than one move. And that one move is better than 10 moves of some of the other players. But he's already proving that he is so good at this stage of his career because he came from a winning program. So when you come from a program like that and the Alabama guys is on the defensive line, then you're going to be more advanced than some of the other players. But he's already proven along with Monte Sweat, who's in his second year, they're, they're in a new defense for, you know, his, in his second year. And you can already see the growth in Monte Sweat and what we were expecting from him last year. And it definitely Chase Young is only going to get better. We've only seen some glimpse of how great he is, but he wants to win. That's the great thing about this guy is that he wants to win and he has that winning mentality already where some of the other players from smaller programs, not necessarily. And I got to love him because he's the math of stag. So that he gets an extra check on my book right there. So Donna, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm enlightening, enlightening our audience, you're a former uh, athlete yourself, basketball player, Fairmont State. Um, and track. And track, excuse me, not trying to slight you. Give me the mentality of the athlete. I mean, how did you grow up loving sports? How did you uh, get to college? Give our listeners an opportunity to know who you are as an athlete. Yeah, I'm from West Virginia originally. Um, My dad said, I come from a family of 10. My dad said that he couldn't send us to college, so you figure out how am I going to get there. Well, sports was my ticket to get there. And I started off, Andre, which is the beauty about it, is with all of my siblings, is that we were in the backyard and my dad put up on the shed a basketball hoop. And, the, and we beat, we didn't have like the payment, uh, uh, payment that everybody has. We, we beat down the grass and that was our, our court, is, is the dirt court. And neighborhood kids would come to, to play, you know, basketball with us. And my brothers, I mean, it was mostly male and my brothers never would pick me. And I, so I took the ball one day and I was like, somebody doesn't pick me? Nobody plays basketball. So... I ended up uh, starting there with my my brothers, um, and then we played flag football and all of those things. They were they called me a little tomboy, but it started there in the backyard with my siblings. And I didn't play uh, high school basketball until my junior year because I just didn't like the the way they had the program set up. So I got so I allowed some of those older people to just get out the way, and then I started. <laughs> And I ended up going to Fairmont. I wanted to go to James Madison. That was my, my first choice in the University of Maryland. But I always say that you end up where you're supposed to be because I got to start and play all of my years. Uh, they saw me jumping in basketball and they offered me a scholarship in track my second year. And I ended up not even high jumping. I ended up doing the hurdles, the 100, 200, and all the relays. So... Uh, college was good for me because I had basketball and right after basketball we went into track season so that's that's the love of the sport for me is that I knew that I was going to be in broadcasting or professional basketball player and we see that maybe one didn't work out but the other did. (laughs) How have you enjoyed covering sports Donna? I mean you've done it for uh, for a long time covering 
a lot of teams here in the DMV, mostly the Washington football team, almost slipped again. But how enjoyable is it for you just to go there because you, you know what they're going through? You get to talk. You have a great relationship with John Wall. You have a great relationship with a lot of the players on the Mystics team. How enjoyable is that for you? It, it is because it keeps me uh, involved and connected to, to something that I enjoy. I, I mean, I played like probably 30 more years after I got out of college. But now as you get older, you're not going to be engaged in the sports, although I think that I can almost jump back into almost anything. But uh, I, I love uh, of, of watching and, and interviewing. I love creating stories. You know, everybody is always looking to break the story. I'm always looking to tell the story beyond just the person playing the sport. It's so much more to tell about a person than just what they do in that, in that sport. Uh, I mean, I want to know about their childhood. Like you asked me, how did it all start? I want to know about what they like to do. Um, I, I, want, I, I want to know all those things that people don't get to know about who that person really is. And that's what I think I enjoy most about getting to know the individuals that I cover and learning about who they are really as a person beyond just everybody pulling on them as an athlete. Sure. Sure. This month is dedicated, the month of October is dedicated to breast cancer awareness. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of our listeners and viewers know, but you are a breast cancer survivor. And, you know, Donna, and again, you have inspired a lot of people that are currently going through this and have gone through it. Could you please tell us how you first were diagnosed talk about your journey and then talk about how you are trying to help those who may get that phone call that they are now have to fight breast cancer. It's devastating to go through breast cancer one time, but I had to go through it twice. Uh, I went through it in 1999 when I was sitting at work and I found a lump uh, that I was like, oh, please don't let it be the cancer. And that's what immediately came to my mind. It's not like, maybe what is this? But immediately I thought about this wasn't here and now it is. So, I mean, I went through the process of going through my doctor's appointments and finding out that it was cancer. And I didn't even tell my mom that year because she was sick herself. So I figured that you know, I was worried about her getting better versus myself because I knew that beyond just hearing those words that I was going to fight this and get through it. But then when it came back in 1999, which to me was even more tougher because it was in the same breath. It was closer to the chest wall. Uh, and, it, and it came so close to breaking out. And if it had a break broken out of the chest wall, it could have went into my bloodstream and it would have been not, you know, not a pretty situation. But because I went immediately to the doctor both times and they caught it early and it was aggressive breast cancer. And that's the thing that I find that people, when they find out they've got breast cancer or cancer in general, if you don't, if you go immediately to the doctors to find out what's going on, chances of you living and beating this is great. My message to people pretty much is that early detection does save lives. And in the African-American community, we are dying faster with this disease because we don't go immediately to get checked out and it, it spreads. And then just being educated more so about that. But I just always believe that you don't go through anything for nothing, but it's a way for you to reach back and pull somebody else through. So 
when I went through breast cancer the first year, I uh, went, uh, was under an umbrella with my former doctors, or my doctors now, some of them, that they started a foundation to help breast cancer survivors here in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area that where the insurance doesn't meet the everyday need, they wanted to be able to help people pay their rent, their everyday living expenses. So I gave myself five years to be under that umbrella. And it's funny, because I talked to Daryl Green and he said, I said, I know I'm supposed to do something. I know God has called me to do something with what I've gone through. And he said, do it what you know. Well, guess what? Basketball is what I know. So I ran a basketball tournament in, in, 19, in 2019. It was our 20th year of running a basketball tournament. And it's funny, some of the Mystics players have played on it, some of the Wizards, uh, people that have played on the college level, or both on the men's and the women's sides. And it was a tournament for both men and women. So I did that. And so I started my own foundation, which is Hopkins Breast Cancer, Inc. And I said that we are the helping hand in the cancer community and we meet the immediate need, meaning what your everyday living need is. That's where we come in. And I just didn't want to stop there, Andre. I wanted to help people deal with the mental part of going through cancers or and how to get there. Because many times we go through devastating uh, challenges and adversities that we can't get past that and move on, but we get stuck. And I'm trying to help people uh, know what to ask the right questions to make the best decisions for themselves. So I normally go to the hospital uh, or some of their appointments with them. And I've been to cancer um, uh, uh, treatments where they had to get their chemo. I want to be more than just the financial part. I want to be the, the mental part of helping people really to get through uh, dealing with cancer and what it means moving forward. How challenging is it that you're still on that crusade on that journey in a pandemic it's tough i mean it's it's tough because we can't have any fundraisers but guess what you learn how to do things differently you got to be creative so we're having a virtual 5k walk run on october on november the 7th um they can go to the website uh hopkinsbcinc.org and it's a virtual one and and the beauty about this is it's city to city is what I'm calling it. We've got people that we're going to be checking in from California, from New York, from Georgia, Texas, West Virginia. And we're going to have a musical uh, uh, instrumental. We're going to have some young people that's going to be performing. And you don't have to congregate to coming together. You can be wherever you want to be. And we're going to chime in with you. But I think it's a way to not only raise money for breast cancer survivors, but to bring people together in a, in, in a situation, because everybody is suffering mentally from this pandemic where you can't be out. And this is a way to be able to engage everybody, to be able to help. I always say helping others to impact the world for good. And, and this is what people are doing. And I'm excited about that part. So it's been challenging. And because so many more people are coming to the foundation for help because the need is so great but the resources are so few. And with people not being able to work and all of those things, they de desperately were getting a lot more applicants in. You know, Donna, I was with you when you were going through, you know, the, the fight with cancer. And then I was with you also, unfortunately, when you lost your leg. And, and again, you're one of the most courageous people I've ever met in my life. And, and just more than just courageous, inspiring. 
what, and again, the challenges, Donna, when you're going through that, how did it happen and what happened for you to have to lose your leg? I, I, I thought that two, I thought that 1997 and 99 was tough, but in 2010, I call it an unforeseeable medical disaster. It was like a freight train came out of nowhere and just hit you and you weren't expecting it. That's what that was like for me. Went into the hospital for uterus fibroid tumors to have those removed. Disposed to been 10 days at max. It turned into two and a half months, six surgeries later and close to dying. So many times I can't even tell you about it. It was unbelievable that I'm here to talk to you today because death was so close. But I always tell people that the fight in me was greater than what I went through. The blood thinner that they gave me was supposed to prevent blood clots. It created blood clots. Having multiple surgeries, one after the others, and the doctor said, hey, we don't know if she's gonna pull through. I came close to losing both of my hands and the other foot, but th but praise be to God that gives you the victory again and again. And just the fact that he was there covering me through all of that, even though I had to go through some tough times of losing a leg and as an athlete, that's pretty devastating. But I told people that the fight in me was greater than what I was going through. And I never saw me dying, even though I came so close to dying. I never received death in my spirit. And that's, I think, was so key because one time, um, you know, I could tell you a lot about just that 2010 experience. But at one time, I was so sick to the point that um, my friends said, the doctor said, one by one, come into the, into the room. And they said that it was like an elephant in the room. And you know when the doctors are saying, one at a time, they're basically saying, you better say goodbye because... She may not pull through that. And I and one time I remember they were trying to clear the blood clot out of my arm that had came from my foot to my arm. And I couldn't breathe and I stopped breathing. I could see them working on me and they had to completely stop because, you know, if that breaks, then it hits your lungs and you're gone right there. But again, I kept fighting and fighting and I, I contributed that to my parents who were sick a lot during my childhood, but all I saw was them bouncing back and coming back over and over again. But Andre, I tell people that I don't like to lose. I right. say I'm the most competitive person ever. And I and, and that and being an athlete to me, I think that that was part of me learning how to bounce back because if you ever an athlete, nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to be on a team that 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 you like to lose because if that's the case then you can't be on my team because sure. i'm in sure. it to win it all the time even if we lose it i'm doing giving my best to be able to win so i took that mentality of what it takes to be an athlete the training what goes into a winning team and then my faith is the other thing that that foundation from the beginning is the thing that propelled me over and over and over again through some of life's darkest times sure and then you know donna and then a lot of people don't know, and that's why we're here to enlighten. You also wrote a book. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I talk about courageous. I talk about being inspirational. That's you, and you, I, I love the smile. You never stop smiling. You, to me, every time we get together, you never have a down day, and that uplifts everybody else. And and I want you to talk about the book, but I also want you to tell everybody how you ended up on Good Morning America. 
Well, yeah, the, the book the book wasn't birthed out of the cancer. The two times with the cancer, the birth the book was birthed out of 2010 in losing my leg and going through that process because I started writing notes and whatever. I wrote the book, uh, Getting to the Other Side of Victory. And it's funny about how that all came about because when I told my friends that I'm going to the hospital, I'm going to be in there for a few days, but this is my last walk for a minute. I wrote this in an email. This will be my last walk for a minute thinking in and out, you know, no big deal. But little did I know those words that I spoke in that email would actually be something that was true. It would be my last walk as I knew it in the past and moving forward, it was gonna be totally different now with a, a prosthetic. But the, one of the chapters in the book is my last walk for a minute, explaining how that all came about. But getting to the other side of victory was my book that I wrote for myself first. Because most of the time, we don't allow ourselves to go through the process of healing with what we've gone through mentally, physical, and spiritually. We have to be able to heal ourselves on all of those levels because otherwise, we are not going to heal completely. And we're going to have a band-aid over the wound that never heals when we need to take it off and let the healing come. And that's why I wrote the book for myself first, because before I could speak healing, or tell other people how to get to the other side of victory, I had to get there myself. So this book is one that if you ever gone through anything, whether you're a kid, whether you want to commit suicide as a kid, whether you've been bullied, whatever the situation is, I believe that this book is one that you can read to help you get through any challenge or anything that you faced in life. And, and now, now again, so somebody from Good Morning America, producer, Somebody must have heard about that book or heard about your story because I turned on the TV one morning. There's Donna. <laughs> <laughs> and look, smiling just like that. And it, it, was a, it was a beautiful scene because you were surprised by something. You thought it was one thing. But I mean, again, let everybody know how that came about. It was totally blow, mind blowing because uh, they, they, can't, they actually found me. They said that they Googled and my name came up at the top of the engine. How did that happen? Right. And so right. they saw me in a cancer magazine too that they had just did an article on me. So they found me because of that and being that it was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, that's one reason why they were looking for a story. And they was like, man, this girl's doing all this and she hasn't been honored. So, so but they came to me first saying that we just <clears throat> wanna do an interview with you. They told me to go find a park. I found a park that was nearby because they used to find one with a basketball court and all that. And I'm thinking like, I'm going to go out there and, you know, do a little this and that, talk about the cancer. Had no idea that they were planning a bigger celebration for me. They had told my family, they can't hold water, but they didn't spill the beans. <laughs> and, and so when I got, even when I got there that morning, when I was driving there, because they kept calling me and they said, we're just going to be able to just, we're honoring all breast cancer. So we're just gonna ask a few questions, just one question, still not thinking nothing uh, because my mind is on so many other things that I'm doing in the month. And so when I get there, they still saying, oh, we're not gonna go on the basketball court because they had a leak. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay. So they took me in this little room, not knowing that they kept calling me that day. They said, how far are you away, Donna? I was like, I'm just around the corner. But what they were trying to do is make sure that all of my family members and friends that had worked with the foundation that I wasn't going to bump into them 
them me getting there. So right. when I came out and then they said, well, Donna, we're getting ready to go out here. And I'm thinking like, I thought they had a leak. Still not thinking anything. But when I came out there and saw my family and they asked me, were you really surprised? I said, didn't you see the look on my face? I said, I was blown away because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get emotional with all of that too a little bit because those people had been with me through the whole time. And just the fact that somebody thinks of you because of what you've done, not looking at yourself, but looking at the, the people that, that you want to really help to make their lives better. That's what it was all about. And seeing all my family and friends doing the time that we're in and just, just seeing there, it was like a shock of, of joy also. And then, you know, to have the mystics to come out, being that I'm a basketball player, so it tied in. And the fact that John Wall donated that check, you know, to be able to help, you know, uh, a lot more people. but it was it was a, a, a just like a great time of just you know people thinking of you to to honor you in that way and I tell people that it's not really about me but it's just about the work that we've done in the cancer community and making a difference in people's lives to impact their lives for better so it was a good moment for me that even when I talk about it today it's pretty fills me up quite a bit sure sure you know Don I tell you again i reinforce this statement when a person is doing the right thing or living the right life they inspire so many people and and, and that's you and that's why i'm glad you're here you know when you get to a moment in life you're happy that people are successful i'm i'm really happy that we're friends i'm happy that we got to share this moment and um before we close out just make sure you tell people about more about the foundation about your book and just tell them how they can just continue to help people fight this disease i think the key thing for anybody that knows anybody that's going through breast cancer or cancer in general because all of us know someone whether it's an aunt a friend a co-worker that has gone through this it takes all of us i, I said that before it takes all of us to be able to help others that's going through this is is um i mean do donations we 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 are 100 percent uh funded and and the foundation is run by donations and fundraisers that we have so please if you can sign up for the race uh you can go to my website hopkinsbcinc.org and 99 percent of the people who come to the foundation that is what i'm most happy about 99% of the people who come to the foundation, we approve their application. I would want to help everybody if I can, but 99 is not too bad. But, but even if it's not my foundation that you help, make a donation to other people's foundations that helping, that's helping people. And I would love the other thing, Andre, for people to pick up my book at DonnaJHopkins.com if you want an autographed copy or go to Amazon, it's there. And if you don't get it for yourself, get it for someone else that you know that may be going through a tough time, that needs somebody to, to spark life back into their being, to let them know that they can get to the other side. I, I once heard this quote um, that it said, it's not always about winning for ourselves, but helping other people to win in life. And that's what I wanna do is help other people to win in life. 
um, through tough times and challenges they, that they go through. So the key thing is go get your checkups, women. Men, go get your checkups because men get breast cancer too. And I, if I had to miss getting my checkup one year in between uh, 98 and 99, I may not be talking to you today. So it's important even with the COVID situation to stay uh, up on your doctor's appointments and everything. And the most important thing to me too is to tell people to learn how to really live life to the fullest. I live my life as though it's going to be my last day so that I don't miss out on anything. And cultivate those relationships that are important for you. That is what matters. Those relationships, not about the material things and all of those things that sometimes we soar after, but the relationships and everything make a difference in someone else's life bring a smile to somebody else's life and i think it'll be reciprocated back to you well i tell you you put a smile on my face <laughs> <laughs> andre it's part of our story <laughs> hey how about that i love you so much and thank you for stepping to the mic donna and sharing your story and i i know i know for a fact we helped a lot of people today so thank you very much thanks andre